My name is Stephen. So glad that you're with us this evening. Um, this is our final vision night, um, and we are excited to, uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, on September 13th, we're going to be gathering every single week uh, for worship. We're going to be gathering every week to worship Jesus, 9 o'clock. Um, uh, we'll be meeting online three of the weeks, but uh, we'll actually be meeting in person on September 13th. So we'd love for you to join us. You can go to coaforesthills.org slash, uh, just coaforesthills.org and actually look right there, and you can actually pre register to be a part of that. Uh, so thankful for Josh Kim, who just, uh, who just read the scripture for us at City on a Hill. We have, um, a value of being a multicultural church. And one of the ways that we do that is through celebrating the diversity of uh, people in our church, celebrating the diversity of languages represented in our church. And uh, and so we're so thankful that he was able to read the scriptures uh, for us. As Matt mentioned, we are going, uh, if you'd like to connect with us, just type the word connect in the chat, or you can actually look at the top of the Facebook post and click a link that will take you to a connect card. Uh, so tonight we're going to be uh, looking at the last piece of, of, of our vision uh, as a church. And, and what we're wanting to do tonight is invite you to take the next step with us to put your yes on the table. Um, and so as we look at that, we think about what God might be calling us to do. What if God is calling you to step out of your comfort zone and to follow him in a really unique way that maybe you never expected? Maybe it means laying down your preferences. Maybe it means laying down your agenda or your plans. Maybe it means stepping into something new that feels uncomfortable to you. And that might sound like a lot as you think about what it means to follow Jesus. Um, the idea of stepping out into what we don't actually control, it sounds hard because ultimately all of us want to be in control. All of us want to be in control. And often that's how we approach God. We approach God in a way that we want to be in control. We want to know his will, but we tend to try to fit his, his will around our schedule, around our agenda, what, what seems to be best to us. And so it seems like the idea of denying that or denying ourselves would be something that's not really for everybody. It's just for kind of the super spiritual. Uh, but R.T. France says about this verse, Mark eight thirty four, that it's not special. It's not a special formula for the elite, but it's an essential element in discipleship. This is basic discipleship to lay our lives down to follow Jesus in order to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow Christ. This is basic what it means to follow Jesus. We are called to submit our lives to him in such a way that trusting him and following him are synonymous. There's not a, a bifurcation or a division between putting your faith in Jesus and then somehow following Jesus. These two things are one in the same. And so as we trust Jesus, we trust him to lead us as we follow him in order for him to take us wherever he wants us to go. So that means us denying ourselves and taking up our cross and following Jesus is the normal mode of every Christian. It means that as we give our lives away, we have the promise that Jesus gives us life. What if the, the key to our happiness, what if the key to our fulfillment is actually this? It's that we deny ourselves. We deny what we think will be best and trust what Jesus thinks is best. That's why the gospel message is a kingdom message. The gospel message is a kingdom message because the good news that you've been forgiven of your sins, that you have nothing to prove, um, that you are honored now as a child of God, and you have nothing to fear means that you have a new purpose to follow Jesus. And Mark 8.34 tells us what it means to follow him. 
It says again, and calling to the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So what does it mean to follow Jesus in this way? Firstly, it means that anybody can get in on this. Anybody can get in on the call to follow Jesus. So in verse 34, Jesus calls out to the crowd. This comes on the heels of of Peter's confession that Jesus is the Christ. We'll come back to what that means here in a minute. And it was back in verses 27 through 30. Um, He he makes this confession that Jesus is the Christ. And then Jesus foretells of his death and his resurrection. And right here, he's calling out to the crowd. He's kind of heralding this, this, this good news, something new. There's this invitation into something incredibly new. And he calls this out to the crowd. And there's a really interesting word there, the word crowd. It's really important. He's not just calling out to the disciples. He's not just calling out to the 12 who have been following him. He's calling out to this crowd of people to to come to him. This is happening in the little town of Caesarea Philippi. If you were to look at a map, it'd be on the northern end of Palestine, kind of near the border of Samaria. And this isn't exactly the place that you would go searching for people to follow you if you were this new king. This, this didn't happen the way that we think it would. And that, if you've noticed, that is kind of Jesus's MO. Jesus's MO is to, is to always do things differently than we would expect. He turns everything upside down. And here he doesn't go after the politically powerful. You know, if this was, were to happen today, you would imagine, you would imagine uh, maybe Jesus would go to the White House or to the Senate or to, or to City Hall and he'd try to recruit the most powerful people, that, but that's not where he goes. He didn't go to a temple. So he didn't go to like a modern day seminary and try to recruit the best and the brightest. He didn't even go among the rich. It's not like Jesus was going down to Wall Street and trying to find the people who could fund his ministry. Jesus makes this offer to follow him to a crowd of people, many of whom were not even Jewish, many of whom were not even part of God's chosen people at the time. See, Jesus' call to follow him is open to all who will receive it anyone who will receive it. So what this means is that is that you don't have to be impressive. It means that you don't have to have all of your stuff together. It means that regardless of your past and your history and your reputation, you are invited to follow Jesus. Now that doesn't mean that the politically powerful and and the you know theologically minded and the wealthy aren't invited. They're invited too. It just means that those things don't exclude you from being invited to follow Christ. See, you, you can come to the party because of who invited you. For example, if I were to, to you know, throw a house party, I'm not going to do that right now. We, we all know the reasons why we're in the middle of a pandemic and all that. So, but if I were to throw a house party under normal conditions, you know, I can only invite people if it's my house. But if I decide to throw a party at Matt's house and not tell him and just show up with a bunch of people, he's not going to be real excited about that. I would need to give him a guest list and let him approve the people that were to come to this party. Jesus is the one who can invite us to follow him because this invitation is bound up in the question we see in verse 29 of of Mark 8. And this is really the question that all of us have to deal with is this, is Jesus says, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that Jesus is? And Peter responds, the Christ. That's really important. The Messiah, literally the anointed one. 
And this anointed one is, is this promised one coming from the Old Testament. There was this promise of one who would come, who was going to make everything right, who was going to bring peace, who was going to reconcile man to God. This person was coming and he was going to make everything right. This Messiah, this Christ is a king. He's not just a prophet who's going to tell good news. He's not just a priest who's going to atone for sin. He's a king who's going to rule over all creation. He is the king of kings. He's the king to end all kings. And so following Jesus means you're invited to the party because it's his kingdom. And he decides who gets in. He decides who can come. And the invitation is open to anyone who will receive it. Now, you may struggle with doubts. You may struggle with, with believing parts of the Bible. You may struggle with all of these things. But the question for every single one of us to consider, whether you consider yourself a follower of Jesus or not, is who is Jesus? And if Jesus is who he said he is, the Christ, the King, the one you've always been waiting for, and he did what he said he would do. He would die and rise again. It means that you can trust him with your doubts and you can trust him with the rest of the Bible because this is the most important question that we could ask. Who is Jesus? Anybody can get in on this invitation, but, the, but there tends to be two groups who, who struggle with the, whether they're called to follow Jesus or not. There's some of us who just don't think we need it. We trust Jesus with a part of our lives. We said, Lord, I'll trust you to, to pay for my sins. I'll trust you um, when I get in trouble or, or something feels out of my control. But there's this whole other set of things in our lives that we don't actually submit to him. You know, Jesus, I've got this whole family thing figured out. I've got my education and my, how I provide for myself figured out. I've got where I'm going to live figured out. And we keep Jesus out of those parts of our lives because we don't think we need him. We just kind of use Jesus for what we think we need. There's a whole other set of people who think, I'm not going to follow Jesus. Do, do you know what I've done? Do you know my history? Do you know my past? Do you know there's no reason or no way Jesus would want me to follow him? And I believe for both of those, we fail to understand who Jesus is. For those of us who don't think we need Jesus in every area of our lives, he is the rightful king who we are called to submit our lives to. And for those who do not feel worthy, understand Jesus and because Jesus has done everything necessary to reconcile you to the Father. Everyone is invited to this party. Everyone is invited to follow Christ. But to follow Christ, secondly, you must deny yourself. If, if Jesus is king, he's the rightful king, then deny yourself yourself to follow him. So what does that mean? What does it mean to deny yourself? Well, let's look back at Peter again. Peter confesses Jesus as the Christ. Yes, good start. The, the only thing you need is to confess him. Romans 10, 9 tells us that um, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart, you will be saved. It is that simple. He confesses Jesus as Lord and then immediately gets it wrong. Peter is the patron saint for all of us. Like we confess Jesus and then put our foot in our mouth. He is, this is Peter. And Peter is representing the other disciples in this. He goes to Jesus. Jesus, immediately after Peter confesses him as the Christ, says that the son of man must lay his life down in order to raise it back up. And Peter's like, whoa, 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 hang on. Wait a minute. You just said you're this king we've been waiting for all this time. And now you're telling me that you are going to die. Peter's thinking, man, finally, this political, he's going to do everything that I want him to do. 
problem one. And what we see is that Jesus and the type of king he is didn't fit into Peter's agenda. And so he rebukes Jesus, strike two, right? And three, let's just call that, the, you're, you're like spinning around with the bat. You str- he rebukes God, okay? okay? And so he rebukes God and says, no, 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 you don't. have this right. And then Peter immediately gets rebuked by Jesus. See how well this worked out. See, the problem with mixing politics with Jesus is you just get politics. This is a good plug for our our City on a Hill politics course coming up in September. Definitely should be a part of that. Jesus coming to him and following him means denying ourselves. What that means is it means laying down our agenda and our preferences for the sake of Jesus's agenda for the sake of the kingdom's agenda. It means giving up control of our lives. The opposite of denying ourselves is self-righteousness. It means that we believe that we know what is right and we are gonna govern our lives in the way that we think we should. And, that, and the thing is, is you don't even have to be religious to be self-righteous. You can be irreligious and be self-righteous too. See, being self-righteous means that you make the rules. So either you follow a set of rules really well or you make up your own set, but really the person who's in control is you. And all of us have this idea of what it means to live a right and good life. In fact, every culture has an idea of what it means to win, of what it means to be successful, of what it means that you've finally arrived. In traditional cultures, the idea of getting married, settling down, and having kids was the pinnacle of what it meant to be successful. Today, in cities like Boston, um, it's more your education and your accomplishments and your career and the money you make and your reputation and the status that you get to live in. And the thing is, is with all of those, there's nothing wrong with them. Even the way we express our individual cultures, typically Western cultures, um, often majority white cultures tend to think in very individualistic terms. That, that there's a part of the Bible that we are individuals, we are, we are individual selves, but there's also this other side where there's whole, lots of other cultures that think collectivistically, they think about the community, they think about what, what it means to bring harmony to the community, and none of those by themselves are wrong. But they're wrong if they find an improper place in our lives. If I value myself above others at the expense of serving and loving others, I've missed the point. See, Jesus says that you can gain all of these things. You can gain, if you're looking from a a traditional culture standpoint or a modern culture standpoint, you can gain all of these things and then still lose. You can gain the whole world yet lose your soul. But the problem is, is regardless of what culture you come from, the idea of denying yourself is truly countercultural. Denying ourselves and following Jesus. See, denying ourselves means submitting everything in our lives to Christ. But so often we come to Jesus and we come to the idea of following him like a negotiation. We say, okay, Lord, I'll follow you if, or I'll follow you but I'll follow you if you keep my family safe. I'll follow you, but I really don't want to give you control of this area of my life. And we sound a lot like the rich young ruler. Now, the idea of the rich young ruler, the, the story in the, in the gospels where Jesus went to a rich young man and 
He asked Jesus what he needed to do to follow him. And Jesus said, go and sell everything that you own. That's not prescriptive. Not all of us are called to go and do that exact thing. But Jesus knew the one thing he would be unwilling to do in order to follow him. What's the one thing that if God called you to give up or if, or if you lost it, that you would struggle to believe God is good? That may be the area that God is calling you to deny yourself and to give him control over. But it's not just what you deny. It's not just about what you put away. It's also about what you pick up and what you carry with you. We deny ourselves and we carry and pick up the cross. You put your preferences under Jesus as king and putting him in the right place in your life. Or as Tony Evans says, when you get your love for Christ in first place where it belongs, you will find a cross waiting for you. See, denying myself and taking up my cross is about who gets to be the center of my life. It's about who gets to be in control. There's going to be a graphic right here on the screen. You'll see it here. If you see this first graphic, this is what our lives typically look like. We have all of these responsibilities around us. We have, you know, work and we have school, we have money, we have family, you know, we have our hobbies. Uh, we even have the church. And we so what we think about is we think of here's me and here's all the things I'm involved in. Okay. Now, what's the problem with this graphic? You're in the middle of it. But the next graphic shows us what it looks like for us to deny ourselves and take up the cross. Now, Jesus is at the center of our lives. And when Jesus is at the center of our lives, all of these things in our lives, whether it's our family or where we live or our work or what we, where we play, how we rest, the gospel affects and impacts all of those things. And what Jesus is calling us to do is deny ourselves to give him control and take up this new identity in him that impacts everything in our lives. Impacts everything, that everything gets checked at the cross, that our politics and our traditions and our history and what is true gets checked at the cross. See, denying yourself and taking up the cross is intrinsic to following Jesus because that's what Jesus did. Jackie Hill Perry said that Jesus Christ is the model for how we are to deny ourselves, whether this applies to our greed, to our lust. Self-denial is not optional for the Christian. Jesus submitted himself to the Father to the will of God, to be handed over, to die in our place and to rise again. Why? For the glory of God, and for the good of others, for the glory of God and for the good of others. And we're called to do the same. The church is meant to be a family living for the sake of other people, denying ourselves and putting our preferences on the back burner for the good of others, considering others better than ourselves. And what this allows us to do is it allows us to get the focus off of ourselves and to look at Jesus and see the lives of others and maybe consider what others are going through. As a multicultural church, this is something we are going to have to continue to work at, is denying ourselves and our preferences and laying them down to consider what somebody else might be going through. But you might be thinking as, as you're hearing this, like going like, well, does this mean that I don't have an identity? Does this mean that, you know, I'm going to lose who I am? In fact, I actually believe it's the opposite. You don't lose who you are, but you find your truest self. C.S. Lewis said, the more we get what we now call ourselves out of the way,
more truly ourselves we become, our real selves are all waiting for us in him. Jesus says that when you lose your life, literally for Peter, this is gonna be literal, or maybe for us, it means laying down control of our lives, you actually find your life. And this is why Galatians 3, 27 through 29 is such a beautiful promise, particularly for a multicultural church. It says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. What this means is, is that all the distinctions that you have don't go away, but yet we have equal and common dignity before the Lord. So for example, your ethnicity doesn't go away when you come to Jesus. What Paul is saying here to the Galatian church is not that you cease to be Jew or Greek, but that your greatest and highest identity is in taking up the cross. And in fact, the greatest expression of your Jewishness or your Greekness or your blackness or your whiteness or your, or whatever your ethnic identity is, is found in Jesus Christ. It means that the marginalized are honored. It means that whether you're male or female, gender doesn't go away, but the truest version of your maleness or your femaleness is expressed in Jesus and you have equal standing in the kingdom. Planting a multicultural church is going to be hard. It requires self-denial. It requires dying to preferences. And this is something typically that um, our brothers and sisters of color are often expected to do more, or it feels like they do more than, than our white members. And we want to flip that on his head. We want to extend ourselves and deny ourselves to the point that we live for the preferences of others to make Jesus known. Or as Mark Demise, who's one of the pioneers of multicultural church ministry said, in a multicultural church, everyone is uncomfortable at some point. We embrace that as a new people. And I believe we can and will flourish as a new church, that it's worth it because something beautiful can come when we deny ourselves and we follow Jesus and we find our life there. Lastly, following Jesus means you are free to take the next step of obedience. What Jesus does here is he frees us to follow him. He says, let's, let's get yourself out of the way. Ourselves, we often think that's what determines what makes me happy. The problem is, is we're not very good at it. We were never built to be the source of our own happiness. As one th thinker put it, he said, when you're in control, life contracts to a fixation on what you can't live without. Engineered to secure this thing that never satisfies is never enough. The solution is not in here. It's outside of us. Or as James K.A. Smith says, coming to the end of myself is the realization that I'm dependent upon someone other than myself if I'm going to be truly free. Jesus invites us to lay down our lives, to lay down what we think will satisfy us and to follow him. He invites us into that. He, and what he does in doing so is he frees us to make the next step. When Peter, Andrew, James, and John were called by Jesus, they left their nets where they were and they went and followed Jesus. They left their identity as fishermen and followed Jesus. When Matthew, the tax collector, was collecting taxes and betraying his people, he's sitting there in his office, taking you know, and Jesus looks at him and says, follow me. And he left that 
and follow Jesus. What this tells us is that you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops. You just need to have the faith to take the next step and follow him. It's so easy to get consumed with, with knowing the whole plan. The disciples obviously are still figuring it out, but Jesus says, follow me. So what's your next step of faith as you follow Jesus? For some of you right now, you might be listening to this. You might be hearing this and you've not yet trusted Jesus. You've not trusted Jesus to take away your sin. You've not trusted Jesus to follow him. The next step that you might need to take would be to put your faith in Jesus Christ. We would love for you to fill out that connect card. It's at the top of the, uh, at the, top of the post there. Click that, fill that out, and indicate that you'd like to follow, learn about following Jesus. We'd love to follow up with you. Maybe you're fighting some sort of sin and you know you've been battling this for a long time and you just want to follow Jesus in that. You want to take the next step and deny yourself. Again, click that connect card. We'd love to follow up with you. And maybe you have been on the precipice of of becoming a part of this church plan, of joining City on a Hill, Forest Hills. And the next step for you is is to deny yourself and follow Jesus into something incredibly new, into this incredibly new adventure of seeing Jesus made known in this part of the city and beyond. We would love to talk with you about that. Again, fill out that connect card and we'll, we'll follow up with you. Let me pray for us and then we'll close our time together. Lord, we praise you and thank you for your great love. We thank you that while we were still sinners, you died for us. And we thank you that, Lord, you invite us to follow you, that you invite us to come to you, not if we have it together, not if we've got, you know, if if we're impressive, God, we don't need to be impressive because you are. You call us to deny ourselves. So give us, Lord, the faith to deny ourselves, to deny being in control of our lives and to take that next step of obedience, whatever it is, whether it's coming to you and trusting you to save us, whether it's fighting sin or whether it's getting on mission in this, new, in this part of the city. God, we praise you and pray in your holy name. Amen. All right, a few announcements. There'll be some slides there that will be on the screen. Um, our first Weekly service is coming up. Um, Our first weekly service is going to be on September 13th uh, at 9 a.m. here at uh, Forest Hills Covenant Church. That's 455 Arbor Way. Um, If you go to coaforesthills.org, uh, and, and right on the front page, you'll see a, a button that you can click to go pre-register for this service. We, because of social distancing and because of, of, of just trying to be good stewards and make sure that we are wise in how we gather, um, we have to pre-register. So we'd love for you to do that. Indicate that you're coming. Invite a friend, invite a family member. We want you to be a part of that special day as we enter into that. Um, you'll also be able to see on that web, our website a schedule of upcoming worship services. Again, we'll meet in person once a month. We'll meet online the rest of the weeks. Um, kind of an in, uh, interesting way is uh, in this in this new world we're in of gathering, but um, we're excited to be a part of that. So definitely click on that. If you want to connect with us, again, fill out that connect card. You'll see a QR code there on the screen that you can, you can take a picture of, or you can, uh, again, go to that link. And then also, if you would like to give, um, um, you can go to that, that QR code, that, the new one that's there on the screen, or you can go to our website, coaforesthills.org slash give, and you can be a part of that. Thank you guys so much for being with us tonight. We love you and uh, God bless.